Welcome back to the Visionary Life Podcast. If you're new here, hi, I'm Kelsey, and I am the founder of Visionary Life. In this community, we chat about peak health, living an inspired life, and all things entrepreneurship. Every day, I strive to live out my own most visionary life while helping others to do the same. Visionaries are creative, driven, and energetic, and we are living a life full of want-tos and not have-tos. Welcome back to Visionary Life, uh, the weekly podcast that I put out every Sunday for you guys. So I'm super happy to be back. I had actually pre-recorded the last three episodes so that I could take time off and go away on a little vacation, but this is me back in real time. So once again, we are just hanging out and whether you're having a coffee and commuting to work or maybe you're in the bathtub, I'm super excited that you're here again this week. So I wanted to start off this week with just a little bit of a reflection because it has been about two months since I launched the Visionary Life podcast, which is totally crazy to me that eight weeks have gone by already and that there's been nine episodes come out of this show. And I've learned so much about the podcasting world, content planning, audio editing, which was totally new to me. And I've really had to sit with the sound of my own voice for um, lack of a better word, but that has been an interesting journey in itself to listen back on these podcasts. And, and I almost cringe sometimes. I think we all feel that way about listening to ourselves talk. But I wanted to share a quick few reflections with you before diving into this week's episode. And this week's episode is all about travel. So... On the topic of my voice, I'm going to dive into that a little bit because, man, I have struggled with listening to myself and whether that's a recording or me on the answering machine at my parents' home, I really struggle with listening back on me talking. And I guess it's because I've always known that I sometimes have these certain inclinations to lengthen certain words and my voice kind of goes up and down in certain ways, but I actually got feedback from a manager of mine at a fitness studio back in the day and she kind of like really called me out on a few words that I said too often and the way that sometimes my voice goes a little bit higher at the end of sentences and hearing that feedback and she was just trying to be helpful but I cried my eyes out I was like no one has ever said such rude things to me and oh my gosh this is devastating how do you just change the way you talk but I really decided to take her feedback into consideration and learn from it and move forward after the initial shock of being devastated but It truly did help me a lot and it is continuing to kind of stay in the back of my mind and this podcast is literally, it's challenging me to become a better speaker. So I did want to tell you first off that, you know, thank you for sticking with me as I evolve through this podcasting journey and I really, really appreciate um, all of you guys for leaving such wonderful comments and reviews and that means a lot. So 
First reflection is don't worry if you hate the sound of your own voice. You can still have a very great podcast that people want to listen to and want to download. Um, The second reflection that I wanted to share with you is that this podcast did not come to be overnight. So I know it's easy to for all of us to look around at our peers and the people we admire and to those we deem to be successful and just think, oh, it must have been easy or, oh, well, they're probably just naturally really good at that or always highly motivated. But you guys have heard me talk about this before. Like, I wake up every day and choose to put myself in an inspired state. It does not always come normal, especially this past week I've been you know, a little bit of hormonal and just in this post-vacation kind of funk. And I've had to consciously choose to practice a positive mood like every minute of every day because that was not my first response this week. And so with something like this podcast, I just want you guys to know that, you know, it was years in the making. And First, it was just in my mind. I would listen to hours and hours of other people's audio content every single day, and it always dawned on me that I could do that and I want to do that, but it took time to just marinate in what I would want to do and what the podcast would be about, and I just was never at a place where I felt fully ready. But as time evolved and as the idea continued to marinate, it never left my consciousness. You know, like sometimes you get an idea like, oh, I want to get that tattoo. And then a month later, you're like, oh, thank God, because the idea is gone and you just don't care anymore. But with this podcast, it was like a nagging feeling. It was that constant tug saying, hey, you got to start soon or else you'll really regret all those months or years lost when you could have been creating this wonderful content. So, you know, second, I just started putting it out on paper, right? And I do this a lot. I open up random Word documents or Google documents, and I just jot down ideas when I'm in the moment, when I'm feeling inspired and feeling like I can do this. So I I wrote out what the podcast intro would sound like, what it was going to be about, what I needed to purchase or to learn about, what kind of guests I would bring on. I literally wrote out like 30 people's names and you know, five or six of them I've already got on the show. So I started to manifest and to really put it out into the universe if you're into that. So I took it from my mind onto paper or onto a Word document and that really started the ideation phase, moving it into action, okay? And then third, I just started firing off emails for interviews and I started recording myself doing these intros of a podcast that didn't yet exist. And that really pulled the pieces together. So I went from having this idea to taking small action steps that eventually led me to having my first episode recorded. So, you know, you might look at something like hosting a podcast or maybe you want to start a weekly TV broadcast through Facebook Live or whatever the case is. And it might seem overwhelming or if you want to launch a business, but if you can break it down into those micro bits, like I know you have the idea in your head, but you need to take this into action. So even if that's just scribbling down some notes about it, that's the first step to action, right? Or asking a mentor to meet you for coffee and and, and talk about that idea. So again, with any project you might have going on at the moment, um, I applaud you for your vision and the work you're putting into it. And 
yeah, like I mentioned, the days you're feeling inspired, run with it or sprint with it. There are some days I wake up, uh, have my coffee, go to my co-working space, and I am on fire. Like the ideas are pouring. And that's when I really need to act upon that because that doesn't happen every day. So I sprint. If I have an idea to, say, start a podcast and I know I need to buy like a $50 microphone, I will do it that day. I won't marinate in it any longer. I just take action, okay? So that's just one example. But um, if you're feeling inspired, go with it because, you know, tomorrow you may not be as gung-ho about, um, you know, working towards that vision as strongly. Um, as always, guys, if you have any feedback on the types of content or the guests that you'd like to see on this show, it really helps me know what you're interested in and how I can continue to improve this show and ensure that you're getting um, an awesome listening experience every time you turn on Visionary Life. So I can't wait to continue sharing episodes and, you know, I just want to leave you with kind of this little tidbit that no idea you have is too crazy. I mean, case in point, when I started my doTERRA essential oils business and the coaching that comes alongside it, I literally knew barely anything about the oils themselves or how to grow a team of wellness advocates. But the important thing is that you just keep learning as you grow, okay? So you never stop. You're always making continual improvements, but you have to start somewhere, right? So on to today's topic. As I mentioned, we are back from our European adventures and really wanted to just share an episode today that focused on visionary travel, something I'm so passionate about. I didn't know if I would get to talking about it on the show, but this week felt really right because we're fresh out of a vacation and a big adventure and we actually had a chance to record something for you while we were away. So why does this tie into visionary life? Well, You guys know that this podcast is about health, it's about entrepreneurship, and living in an inspired state as a visionary. So let's start with the first piece of that. For me, health is about many, many things, right? Like there are so many factors that go into feeling my best, but one of the things that I know lights up my soul and makes me feel most myself is traveling and getting outside of the place that I live and experiencing the world in new ways. And I truly believe that that is a key pillar of my health. Secondly, um, the entrepreneurship kind of piece of visionary life. So my business means the world to me and the work that I do lights me up. I work really hard when I'm here, uh, albeit maybe a bit of an unconventional work schedule. But I definitely have a tendency to be a workaholic and, you know, I can devote many, many hours of the day to working from morning to night, weekends, because I love what I do so much and I'm always creating, right? So there's no set timeline for being a creative person. Sometimes the inspiration just hits. But traveling is one way for me to really break up the routine schedule and to get perspective on my business, I, in the past couple weeks, have had so many downloads of things that need to happen in order for my business to grow to the next level. And I truly attribute that to traveling somewhere new. And third, this podcast is about living in an inspired state as a visionary. 
And for me, staying in an inspired state, inspired state rather, is really knowing how the rest of the world lives. And, you know, I'm not just interested in only learning about the way that Ontario lives, but I'd like to know, you know, what are Guatemalans doing that makes them so happy? And how are the Swiss able to afford to take two to three hour lunches every single day? Or what is it that people in Peru do for work when there is not that many jobs outside of tourism? So staying inspired is knowing that there are so many different ways to live this thing we called life. So today we do actually have a special guest on the show. Um, I didn't know how soon this would happen, but it is actually featuring my fiancé, Dave. So he was a bit resistant to come on, not resistant, but hesitant, um, thinking that he might not be the ideal podcast guest, but I told him that he is actually the perfect guest, and you know, he knows me better than anyone else, and I think he has some wonderful perspectives on traveling and life in general, so it was really cool that we were able to sit down and record this while we were away. So really, this is a reflection with Dave, and we're just going through some musings of our travel um, and of our most recent trip to France and to Switzerland. So we sat down on one of the very last days that uh, we had on our trip, to have this 30-minute conversation. And we talk about how we met. So surprise, that was while traveling. It was kind of a fluke situation. We talk about encouraging each other to continue pursuing travel at every stage of our lives. We talk about our adventures living and working abroad, the benefits and challenges of falling into routine. We chat about finding new perspective when you're abroad watching other people's routines, like I mentioned, going somewhere else and getting new perspectives. Um, a few other things we cover are should you live to work or work to live, taking chances and trusting your gut when you're traveling, and we chat a bit more about our desire together to explore every corner of this earth and to look up at the stars and know that there are so many amazing places to watch the stars from, and we want to get to as many of them as possible. So be sure to stay tuned in until the end of the episode because I'm sharing with you my guidebook to visionary travel. So this is just a quick little ebook that I have had for the past couple of years that I love to share, and I'd like to extend it to you, my visionary life community. And if you have any specific questions on where we went or how we were able to sneak away for 15 days or how you can afford travel in your life, then definitely message myself or you can get in contact with Dave and we've got tons more tips to share with you. So let's dive right into this chit chat with Dave and Kelsey. So to intro on where we are right now, we are in Annecy, France, and we're on the final couple days of our trip. And so like I mentioned in the intro, this will be an episode just to highlight some travel tips and to describe kind of where our love for traveling came from and what it means to us and in hopes to inspire you to maybe book your next trip because it truly is you know, the 
the best way, in my opinion, to spend money and spend time together and to really create experiences that just lift you up from being stagnant in life. And I know that, you know, maybe Dave, you can relate to this too, but in our regular routine at home, it is easy to fall into patterns that maybe we just don't even realize are not our best selves. Um, I definitely think that we've each had our moments where, you know, you fall into this routine at home of wake up, go to work, come home, feel tired, maybe force yourself to the gym, um, and barely getting any quality time together. And so that's where I think that going on a trip can be so just enlightening and to really reconnect you to the reasons why we're together and what we love to do together. And, you know, I think for the past few months, we've both been so busy with work that it's been tough to even find time to hang out. Yeah, but I don't know if patterns and those routines are bad. I think everybody succeeds because they get into routine and get into a flow. I don't think that's a... It's definitely not a negative, but breaking routine and pattern, I think, is healthy too. It's just like uh, having change in your life can be sometimes what sparks something new and a new mm-hmm. idea. And yeah, it, it is easy to get stuck in routine. We probably do that too much. But yeah. it's it's also healthy, I think, uh, to get out of them. And that's what traveling does. It, it helps you like maybe see something in your job that you didn't think was, uh, you didn't recognize as being important or encouraging or uplifting. Yeah, I think that's a good point because you're right. Being at home in that routine is actually sometimes good for us because we're in a good pattern of like cooking healthy and, you know, just being in the flow of what a regular day in our life looks like. But it's good to see what other people's regular day looks like because being here, it's a hell of a lot different than it is at home. Yeah, see, this is why I brought you on the podcast, because you're right, it's it's crazy. We're here in Europe, and we were in Switzerland previous to this, and their shops are only open from 9 until noon, and then they reopen from 2 until 4, approximately. And we, and we found a shop that was open from 4 till 6. From 4 till 6, right. So <laughs> the Swiss people, especially in the region that we used to live in and where we went to visit... Yeah, like, for us, a normal routine at home in Toronto is where we live, is pretty much 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. is commuting to work, Mm -hmm. working, coming home from work, right? And you notice that here in Europe, a lot of places, they do it a bit differently. So, yeah, I love that you said it forces you to see someone else's normal routine and maybe just get a different perspective that... Perhaps our reminder is that work isn't life and that it doesn't have to be, but, you know, the the lifestyle we've created for ourselves, it's normal and it's okay because we both like our jobs. It's not life, but you also envy people that find a way to intertwine it into their life. Like, I think that you've done a pretty good job with that and making, or at least devoting a lot of time to it and you spend a lot of time working and I think I'm envious of how much you seem to enjoy what you do and it's I mean I enjoy what I do as well but I mean you're doing this 24 hours a day non-stop so to uh, mm-hmm. but f- I wonder- find it, finding that permanent enjoyment but then also 
I would, I would say being able to separate yourself from it is also important mm-hmm. too. But Yeah. And I still haven't figured out yet too if the people here in Europe who are only working five hours a day, like, do they enjoy their work? Does it still feel like a job to them? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think through working less hours, they actually find a lot more time to do the things they love. It, like, it seems like that, at least. Um, it would be... Uh, it would be good to sit down with somebody and actually talk to them whether that's the case. Yeah. I'm sure some, some of your listeners probably have a good idea about that. So if anyone has a friend or family member who lives kind of that six-hour day lifestyle, I want to say, in Europe, I would love to chat with them on the podcast. And I think the analogy that I always, I remember the first time I heard it was like, do you live to work or do you work to live? And I think the North American lifestyle is definitely live to work. Which, I mean, it's not true for everybody, but that's the perception at least. So is is it true that Europeans work to live more than they live to work? Mm-hmm. And, and like the, the people that we met, I mean, you can get, we can get into it later, but the people we just met uh, or we roomed with in a small hostel up in uh, the Alps in France, they were from Great Britain and London and they... They had five weeks off, and they talked. They were very passionate about their work, but they also seemed to separate a lot differently than we do. Like starting starting their jobs, they got five weeks off, and they talk about just their separation from work as much as they enjoy it. They, I don't know. It just it does seem it it seems very different for for such a similar culture. Mm-hmm. It's very crazy to me. I mean, it never seemed crazy at the time, but that we only in North America get two weeks vacation. And then you meet people from Great Britain, like we met last week, or even Germany. I think they start with like eight weeks vacation, and that is their normal. Jesus, really? Yeah. So it makes wow. you realize that it, it just sparks you to question have we got it all wrong in North America? Or is it okay to work 50 weeks a year? So. Anyways, so that's a little bit of background on on where we're at right now, and um, I thought it would be cool. Here we just... are feeling sorry for ourselves. We're on vacation. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't feel sorry for it. I'm very grateful that you know we even have time away, and that we're able to still nurture our love of travel. So, mm-hmm. the reason why I wanted to bring Dave for a few minutes onto the podcast was because. I thought it'd be interesting to cover what sparked our initial love of traveling together and have his perspective as well as mine, because I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but we actually met while traveling. So that probably had something to do with the fact that we're still living this adventuresome lifestyle today. So we met in the Bahamas about nine years ago, and not that that was like some crazy destination, but... You know, we were both away from our homes and clearly with a love from for travel ingrained in us, mm-hmm. we were both just in a really good spot to be able to meet one another. And I'm wondering, do you think that the fact that we met while traveling kind of destined us for a life of travel together? Or I, I would say yes, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking like we were in the Bahamas at an all-inclusive and that's both like we both kind of hate that. Not hate it. I would gladly take non inclusive any day of my life, but it's uh, it's something we haven't done together since that. So so, I think meeting away from home and yeah, definitely knowing that we were out of our comfort zone a little bit, but like not really. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, maybe. I think. Do you think your love for travel was ingrained in you before we met? Yes. Or has that yeah. grown with time? It's grown with time, but I, from a kid, I always thought it'd be weird, and it, and it sounds maybe sounds crazy, but I always thought it would be weird that you would not see every corner of the earth and you'd just miss it, then you would. That, that that always kind of freaked me out if you look up at the stars. That would be my one thing where you go, oh, I can't believe I'm not going to see all these things that that we have to offer. That always scared me a little bit. So finding somebody that also feels that way and wants to see every corner of the world is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, going to the Bahamas, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think there's always something to that. I don't think you discount it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I do think you're right. Like the Bahamas was where we met, but what really sparked our love and curiosity for the world and the planet we live on was when we went to Switzerland together. Yeah. And I've mentioned again on the like podcast. That, that, that was crazy. That was like the first time I ever got out of North America and like really traveled. Yeah. So before Switzerland... Had you ever gone on any adventure that really pulled you out no. of your comfort zone? No, and I, I think I wanted to, but there was always, like, uh, nobody had from my family, that, like my brother, my mom, or mm-hmm. my dad, and even talking to my mom about it, she thought we were both crazy, but she trusted you, and I think that's why she was finally, okay, like, maybe this is not a terrible idea, so. Yeah. But no, no, nobody had really gone anywhere, and I think uh, it definitely even sparked the level travel for like my mom and, mm-hmm. and everybody else in my family because they've definitely followed suit and gone crazy recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to give the listeners a perspective, like we applied to this summer camp that we found on the internet. Like there was no connection; we had zero ties to Europe or Switzerland itself. We decided that when we graduated university, we would look for jobs abroad. And I think we actually applied to multiple ones, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, we applied to more than just... But there is a small... maybe. So, maybe if you back it up a little bit, because I remember why we went to Switzerland is your sister Mel went to work at a camp, unrelated, but she worked at a, not a camp, but a school, right? So, I don't know. I think with traveling, there's always a safety net. You always feel like, okay, like somebody else has been there. So, you kind of step there, then maybe take one more step. And that's the fun of travel is to keep leaping forward. But, yeah, uh, we had no idea. We kind of got lucky with uh, the camp we applied to. Yeah, and I truly think, like, it could have gone either way. We could have had two months of, you know, hell work and not enjoying it and being in a, a region that we didn't love. But... We did take the leap, so we applied to a camp, and we really pushed for those jobs. I remember walking through um, the university corridor yeah. at the time and calling Dave. Oh, yeah, we were like, in different universities. We were at different universities, and we had just started dating, and I said, I didn't get the job. <laughs> and I was bawling my eyes out, and Dave's like, I did get the job. <laughs> and I, so... I, I, from my perspective, I remember being, I was in an astronomy class of like 300 people and first year and uh, I remember seeing the email that I'd got the job and you had told me that you hadn't got the job but I don't and I didn't know what to do but I knew I wasn't going without you so I remember I think I forget who I called I think I I might have called your parents or something and or no I think I might have called my mom and I and she was like just call the camp and let them know what's up 
So I remember I called the camp, and they basically just didn't they didn't have that many male applicants. So I'm, I'm not uh, trying to make make myself feel worse, but they, they they just didn't have that many male applicants. And I applied as a driver, and I I didn't even know how to drive stick at the time. But when they found out that we were together, they was just like, oh yeah, for sure, like of mm-hmm. course Kelsey's coming. Like she was qualified. There was just so many people that had, that had applied, and they don't really have much. So I think one of the visionary lessons we can learn from this is, first of all, never take no for an answer because I will say at the time I got that email saying you did not get the job and I took that as a no. I am not going to Switzerland. We are not traveling together. And Dave took that as a no, like we can continue to press forward and ask for a job and let them know that we are a team and that we want to come together and that perhaps there's still a chance that you can come. And I was like, no way. Like they've made their decisions. And thankfully Dave really challenged me on that. And he said, I'm going to call. And so he called the camp and, um, we ended up explaining what was going on and go figure. They did actually need one more female counselor. And so it all worked out. But so I think that's one lesson from traveling. Like Never take the first answer you're given because there's always something behind door number one. Right? I remember being nervous, being like, oh, God, this is going to be like a $10 phone call. And you're like, yeah. no, that was definitely worth it because it changed our lives. So. It changed our lives because we ended up being employed with them for over a year. So that was pretty cool. Um, okay, so we got this job in Switzerland. And then we decided to, before going to the camp to start working, we would go on a one-month Euro trip. So that was kind of excited, exciting. We wanted to cover all of Western Europe, essentially. Um, and we moved around pretty much every day. Like, we'd stay in Paris for two nights. We'd go to Berlin for a night, Munich for a night, Brussels for two nights. Like, we were moving really fast. Um, do you think that that's, like, a good way for people to cover places they've never been? Or knowing what you know now, the fact that we've traveled a lot more since then... Do you think that staying in one spot, like when we were in Switzerland for two months, is the way to go? I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do it. I think everybody can, I think you have to find that out for yourself and you can get, like once you start traveling, you can feel what you like doing best. Obviously, if you have the time, there's a lot of cities that, that we went to and we've been we've been back to that the longer you're there, the more you see, the more you can find out, the more that you can actually learn and discover and find the cool places. And I think... What I learned from traveling is when you travel with somebody who lives there or when you travel to someplace, like you, who did, you had Alexa. Alexa lived in Germany. Yeah, like she that, lived in Germany. That was, like, where did we go? Col- we went to Cologne, Cologne. Yeah, Germany. And I, had, I had no idea anything about it. We went to every other big city in Germany and had a great time. But to me, that city, we had the most fun because we knew somebody who knew the ins and outs of it and like the cool places to go and great sites where... Like when we went to Berlin, it was like, oh god, we're here for two days, and it's we're like, where do you start? You can read everything you want, but when you get off the train and you have no idea where to go, it's overwhelming. So, yeah, like it's it's tough. It 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 really depends on on who you are and what you want to see. If you have a month and you want to see all of Europe, like I don't take, I wouldn't do anything different. Like I think we learned a lot of how to travel now from it, but. Um, yeah, if I could spend more time in every city, of course I would, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of cities that I think it's okay to whirlwind through in two days and meet some people. Like a lot, a lot of people do it that way. Um, yeah. but I think our, a, a new style of traveling now that we've gotten a little bit older, maybe have a little bit more money too, is to visit a country, one country 
and visit maybe three towns in a week and a half or two and 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 settle down and enjoy and meet people and see the city for what it really is and not just the museums and the stuff that's on the on the tourist books yeah i i agree i think it definitely looks different for everyone and it really depends on how much time you have too right so um so since switzerland we've traveled to a few other really amazing places i mean we've been a lot of places in canada and the u.s since but we also traveled to nicaragua to peru um back to europe i'm wondering what do you look for in a vacation or is there any requirements for you because these places are so different right when we went to peru for example we got off the plane and it was culture shock like we had never been somewhere like lima where we started and staying in these areas where everything's done differently right like the driving is insane your uh, accommodations are not luxurious the food is Things you've literally never seen before that don't digest well. The thing with Lima, I think, Lima probably has a lot of, it's all what you can afford to. At least Lima had an option. If you wanted to, you could, you could probably get good food and pay for it if you want. I think the biggest shock to me was our first trip to Morocco. That was, that was the first time and probably the last time I've ever, like, I loved Morocco. It's still probably one of the favorite, my most favorite place I've ever traveled, but it's also like. When we were there for was it two weeks? Like I was ready to get home, mm-hmm. and we got back. And home was home was Switzerland at the time. So we flew back into Portugal and was like getting your feet back. Th- that that was just so different. Yeah. Um, seeing the way that animals are treated and it that that to me was the hardest. Uh, living, yeah, I don't even. Yeah, don't know it really does. It up, opens but. your perspective that everyone's life is so different and the we the reason we live the way we live is because of how we were brought up mm. and what was ingrained in our minds so going back on that question like knowing that you've been to places like morocco where it's again culture shock versus europe where you can find a lot of what we're familiar with mm. in canada what do you like in a vacation is there anything that you look for yeah i i think like always stepping a little bit further into that new culture is fun. And like that, that's what Morocco was. That's what Peru was in a sense. That's what Nicaragua was. It's always something a little bit different. Doesn't mean it has to be crazier, but something seeing the way other people live is, is why I like to travel, see something new, uh, but going, coming to France and back to Europe, it's, it's definitely not new, but it, it, it has that, maybe it's out of comfort zone. It's, it is enjoyable, but it's, it, it doesn't have that uh, culture shock that mm-hmm. I think we, we love. But when we were, to me, the mountains are, are my happy place. So going up to Val Thorens when we were snowboarding just a couple days ago, being up there is a culture shock. Not in particular the culture, but the scenery and being at peace and alone in the mountains. Like that's, that's pretty special, so... Yeah. I, I look for just those moments that you can pull away and at least... The magic moments, yeah, yeah. like in Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's funny, at home in Toronto, we look to things like yoga studios and meditation apps to find our happy place and to find that like quiet space where your mind can really be not stressed. And for you and I, being in the mountains almost seems equivalent to going to yoga at home or listening to a meditation. And 
it's just a really good reminder that there are a lot of ways to embody a word like meditation. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, meditation over the last week was getting outside on my snowboard and just looking at my surroundings, feeling 1000% at peace even though I may have had a bad day um, doing my work earlier or I may have had a couple stressful conversations because I was still working on this vacation. But then all of a sudden I stepped out into nature for eight hours. I'm looking at mountains, which make me feel whole and well. And I realized that I felt the same in that moment that I did in a yoga class when I'm like very zened out. Um, but what's... And, and I'm the same way, but I, how is it that, like, I enjoy traveling the way we do, and we definitely have, we're not in one place, and traveling, like, we've had our, we had, yesterday, we were trying to come to this town here, and we, our bus didn't, was supposed to go all the way to Geneva, which is an hour past where we are now, and then it was going to be an expensive Uber to go from the airport to back here, so we had to talk with our, or you had, because I don't speak French, but, <laughs> so, why, or do you think that a lot of people enjoy all-inclusives and relaxing on the beach because it is set up for them to be easier? And it's nothing against that, because I think that's perfectly fine. I think most people I know enjoy that style of travel, but uh, I think, for me, it's we have two weeks, and I can be comfortable and have a beer at home, where if we're going to go travel, I want to see something new, and I know it's not going to be easy. And getting lost or having these mix-ups where I know we're going to have our arguments is okay because we can get over it. But I don't know. Why, why, why is it that some people enjoy it? Yeah. They find their own zen. Like it, it, their own zen sitting on a beach. It's not a bad thing. It's just the way that other people like to mm-hmm. perceive. Maybe their work's different. I don't know. It's I am, it's, to me, it's confusing. But Yeah. I am reminded of that fact sometimes. Like we can truly talk about the fact that we've had moments where we just didn't even speak to each other for an hour. <laughs> we have had... In every single vacation, we've had moments where we have no idea how we're going to get from A to B without, like, everything going to shit. And it's it's easy to point blame and say, oh, it's... Mm -hmm. But... Like, we've had these drivers who were supposed to bring us to our flight four hours away in Nicaragua that didn't show up at one in the morning, and no one spoke English in the town, and we literally thought we weren't going to be able to find a way to an airport... We've had times when I left my passport on a bus that drove away, and at that point, we were not going to be able to leave the country we were in. Um, We've had times when, you know, we're just not on the same page, and we're walking up a mountain, we're both exhausted, and you want to go left, and I want to go right, and it is like mental breakdown territory, and so I am reminded of the fact that Traveling is not easy, and they always say, like, the true test of a relationship is traveling with your partner. I think that's why a place like an all-inclusive is a really good option sometimes, because if your daily life is extremely stressful, it is a lot easier and potentially more enjoyable to go somewhere where everything is safe and where everything is known in advance. That being said, like... My brother enjoys that stuff as well, but as soon as we brought him to Switzerland, and not that Switzerland is a culture shock, but something different, where we were outside of our comfort zone, and we were doing a lot of overnight hiking, and stuff that was very different, and I think he had the time of his life, and so did 
so did uh, I mean, the rest of my family that came as well. So it's, yeah. I think if you can rely on that, but if you take a little step, whether your little step is, you know, something like Europe, it doesn't have to be something crazy. It doesn't have to be going to India for a week. It can be like not crazy culture shock, but I don't know. I think that if you push people a little bit outside their comfort zone, I think that goes with life in general, though. As soon as you take a little step outside your comfort zone, you're going to you're gonna see stuff that you didn't see before and see stuff in yourself that you can maybe use when you get home. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uncertainties are definitely what have expanded our relationship the most and the things that have been so crazy to us in the moment have just brought on so much joy in the end. And I think that goes for like, you know, taking a new job or trying a new restaurant Mm -hmm. or showing up to a community where you're going to meet new friends. Nine times out of 10, the uncertain leap leads to something amazing on the other side. It's so hard to know that there can be something better on the other side when you're not willing to take that leap or when you're nervous to I mean, take that yeah, leap. Like we're relating it to travel, but you're right. Like those are maybe the easier leaps, but they're steps. Like mm-hmm. if you can relate that when you get home and you want to do something in your job that's maybe outside your comfort zone, you want to ask the manager to take on this role or you're not sure about it or you want to do public speaking at a conference and you've never done it, those are things that you need to probably do and get mm-hmm. comfortable with if you want to. And you really just, you have to ask and you have to go for it because it's not easy. None of us were conditioned to be able to just take adventurous leaps every single day and be comfortable with it. You are going to be pulled out of your comfort zone. And sometimes it's going to suck. Yeah. (laughs) And you're right. Sometimes it's going to fail miserably. And I'm sure we have lots of stories where our travel leaps failed miserably. I don't know if you remember any offhand, but. Like the, I'm trying to think of it. Well, recently, like, we were scared as hell that we weren't going to be able to get to Geneva, but that worked out. But what was, uh, oh, well, getting from uh, Switzerland to Geneva Airport, like, that was a joke. We missed, like, every single train. We I mean, that's a right. small thing. That's no, it's big, true. But... Um, keeping, so I would always say, like, keep a positive mentality. Like, here we had booked this transfer, essentially, from one town to another about, like, six hours away. And we didn't read the confirmation properly. So here we are already two hours late for this shuttle bus that's supposed to pick us up. And we realize that like, we're never going to make it in time. We're way late. So we call and, you know, there's always something that can be done. Like there's another train that can be booked. There's an alternative, alternative method of transport. And we've realized that like people are willing People are always willing to help. And, and I don't, and I, when you said, do you remember any of the issues we've had? In tra- I don't think there's anything that sticks out because nothing's been catastrophic. Like, we're still here today. Anything that, that was bad, you kind of bury in your memory and forget because it's a part of traveling that, like, I'd have to think pretty hard about what was that bad that when we were traveling it sticks out because off the top of my head, it's nothing. Like, mm-hmm. anything that was, anything that was terrible is kind of buried in my memory and everything... Like, there were some times in Morocco where we felt uncomfortable, but the reason that we did it is, well, like, the time we went up for dinner with, uh... <laughs> with our new friend. Yeah. So, I think that actually could be a good place to kind of wrap up with having you on the podcast. But, um, yeah, I do want to highlight that story because it's something that when we tell the story, most people are, are thinking, 
absolutely not. And, and the whole nature of this podcast is visionary life, right? And it's about doing things that the average day says, don't do that. Or the average person says, you know, live in fear rather than live with an open mind, right? And personally, I've encountered that so much. I've shared this again on the podcast, but when leaving my jobs, for example, that had security and benefits, everyone around me said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But I was, I just had this nagging voice in my head that everything's going to be okay. And I believed and I continued to work on that belief every day after leaving the job and I had to tune out the noise of the world. And so going back to this situation in Morocco, we found ourselves in a town in Africa where we were literally the only tourists. We showed up there on a whim with zero plan. And it certainly was not a spot that was ready for a couple of white kids to show up (laughs) and try to make their way through this town. Um, I believe it was called El Jadida. Um, but we found ourselves in a little market and we were strolling some stalls and grabbing food or whatever. And someone caught the Canadian flag patch on one of our backpacks. And we ended up chatting with him. And go figure, he had some family members in Toronto. So the conversation kind of ignited. And he actually did speak English, which was um, which was great. So we could converse with him. And he invited us to his house for lunch. And so imagining yourself in this small little town and someone inviting you over and we had talked to him for a minute, maybe. So it wasn't like we had a relationship with him. And again, feeling like we were kind of the outcasts of this city. It was like we had had many situations previous that day that made us feel, I would say, uncomfortable, like getting off the bus station at the bus station. You, you got eyes from every which way. It was like, you did. who Being are you? Blonde hair. Being blonde, <laughs> yeah, and, and just having, like, our skin color and everything. It was just, it was really interesting. I felt nervous dragging around a suitcase. But yet you were the first one to be like, yeah, we'll meet there. Yeah, so <laughs> I looked at you like, um, are you sure? Yeah, part of my nature is to trust everybody, which could be a fault, but... Maybe you want to continue the story from here. So he invited us to his house for lunch. Yeah, he invited us to his house for lunch. And uh, <coughs> I think when you said yes, and I kind of looked at him and smiled and said, sure. And yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. I don't know. So we left. And as soon as we got out of the little city there, back to our hotel, I just kind of said, yeah, we're, like, we'll find our own. Like, that's not happening. And you kind of said, well, why not? And you we're talked- not going to some random guy's house for lunch. Yeah, he, you talked us into it and talked me into it and then we uh took a taxi to his shop and then the taxi followed his motorcycle back to his home and long story short he invited us in and his wife cooked for us and made a fantastic meal and we had amazing lunch with his kids and wife and we ate tagine and chunky goat milk yeah yes oh i forgot about that very chunky goat milk (laughs) yeah he was a really good guy and and I, i i maybe it's just not our culture. I don't really, I still don't really understand why he brought us in other than just to say hi and show us that where he lives is very nice and it's a welcome tourist place. Like it's, it's different than, than anything that would happen. Uh, Yeah. I still can't grasp why he invited us over either because it was just really nice. I don't know. Maybe it's just a nice gesture. The kindest gesture. Maybe it's just sad that we don't have that anymore as much, but that was, 
Yeah, it was was just awesome. Offering up your home to a complete stranger to come for a meal, which like cooking for someone is really sharing your heart, is just, yeah, it's insane. And we could have said no so easily because it's hard to like clearly communicate hmm. how nervous we were. In that situation, like I just, I didn't feel comfortable for. The well, I was, was going to blame you if anything happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the situations though, when you're like, yeah, well, this one's on you. Okay, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually thankful that you trusted me because that to this did, day is one yeah. of the biggest moments that, that was sticks so out fun. in my mind, and I think that goes to show that like sometimes I know it's cliche to say, but trust your gut. Yeah. Um, because something wonderful could be waiting. And people are side. still always inherently good. Like, there is a lot of bad, crappy stuff that's happened, and even recently. But you don't, you try not to dwell on that and still remember that people have good intentions. And there's a lot of nice people who just want to show you a good time. And they want to take you out and bring you out for lunch. And it's, nothing bad's going to happen. Mm. There's like that, I don't know, there's that, that old saying that trouble doesn't find you, you find trouble. So... I don't know, it's, we're, we weren't doing anything bad. It's like, we're, we're just going out for lunch and somebody wanted to show us their house. It was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a awesome spot to wrap up my chat with you. Um, I think the, the kind of lesson here is don't live in fear, right? Like, mm-hmm. because fear is what really holds us back from expanding our consciousness and just expanding our really our relationship with this planet. So. And paralleling that with, you know, travel is maybe a good starting point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, taking that leap to um, go somewhere you've never been and see something you've never seen and meet people that you've never met. So, well, thanks for your first cameo on the Visionary Life podcast. Hopefully mm. you will come back someday. <laughs> it right. pays pretty weak, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, I hope you enjoyed that session with Dave and our chats about our travels. I think I just have a few more tips to leave you with, and then I'll get right into sharing my guide to visionary travel with you. So first off, when you're traveling, just keep an open mind. Go new places, even if you're uncertain. Um, Stay in that Airbnb or that hostel. Don't feel like you have to stay at these five-star hotels just because, you know, someone's telling you that that's where the fanciest place is. Um, Eat the local food. But, you know, I just, I think living like the locals when you travel is just such an amazing experience. So get off the beaten path a little bit and make sure you see the sites that maybe are a little less discovered. Um. The last thing I would kind of leave you with is to give yourself the break and the permission to go away because you might be feeling like it's impossible to leave your life for five days or a week or two weeks, but the world needs you to come back feeling refreshed so that you can operate at your highest potential. So whatever excuses you have for not getting away or shaking up your routine, in the past few years, you've got to put those aside and know that this is what perhaps maybe what your soul and your body and your mind really needs right now. So, you know, one thing that I am fearless about doing in my life right now is shaking things up when I'm feeling stagnant. And it's so easy to feel stagnant. Like we mentioned, getting in routine sometimes is wonderful, but other times it can bring you to a halt and you feel like your growth has stopped. You're not accomplishing all the things you want to accomplish. 
So shake it up, right? Like there is no better way to flip-flop your world and just recalibrate every cell in your body than with a trip away or maybe it's just a staycation where you do all your favorite things for a few days. So let's get on to my free travel guide. One thing that I do not love about traveling is the slump of immunity that follows a plane ride or a train ride. There are just so many germs and bugs that can be acquired through travels and when you're exploring new cities. So I used to find myself feeling run down or just totally sick by the end of a trip, but I've compiled my best tips and tricks in this guidebook so that you can have healthy travels like I do now and just ensure that your body stays strong and vibrant before, during, and after your trip. So you can find the link for my free guidebook in today's show notes. So just head to kelseyridle.com and scroll down to the picture of this episode and click through it and you will have full access to my guide to visionary health. Next week on the show, we have one of my dear friends, Kara, and it is such an incredible conversation. I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. She is a badass babe entrepreneur, a yogi, and her and her family have been through some serious shite in the last few years, and I just admire her immensely for how she's able to navigate it all. And so make sure you tune in next Sunday for another episode of Visionary Life. As always, I'd love for you to join my insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook and request to be added to the group. I share tons of content unique to that group inside. And if you could take a moment, rate, review this podcast on iTunes. You guys know I send a beautiful essential oil blend and a visionary love note to every single person who leaves me a rating and a review. So once you do that, just take a screenshot of it and send it to me through Instagram or through the contact page on my website and you will get something, a little bit of snail mail from me. So that's it. I hope you have a visionary day and I'll talk to you soon.